I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth there. And it shows them. So welcome everybody to this latest episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark and Matt Macklin. Hope everybody is well. It is the festive season. We're recording this on the 1st of December, so I've opened my advent calendar this morning. Always an exciting moment. People listening to this will be pretending that they don't do the same thing at 44 years of age like I do, but you do. We all know you do. Um, we're about a week into December now, and it's, it's, it's always a great period for boxing as well as you tick up towards Christmas. I always really enjoy the names that promoters give fight nights. Carl Greaves has gone with a very solid The Fight Before Christmas for one of his bills coming up. I've always been a particular fan of season's beatings myself. I haven't seen anyone. I haven't seen anyone go for that yet, which is which is slightly disappointing. But um, today we have a guest on who featured front and centre of the Sky Boxer bill on November the 20th, which... Um, was my birthday actually as it turned oh. out and he treated me to a, a terrific performance a really good performance it was for the vacant British light heavyweight title and so a huge amount on the line for both fighters his opponent Josea Burton was looking to win that title back having lost it against Frank Bullioni five years previously me and Matt called that fight I couldn't quite believe it was five years um, when I looked at the I looked at the dates it had been a long road back for him so there was an awful lot at stake for him too. But the man who won it, who joins us as the new British light heavyweight champion, uh, is Super Dan Aziz. Uh, Dan, how, how does it feel? How does it feel to be British champion? And how, has it kind of sunk in yet, what you've done, what you've achieved? Because this is big, you know, this is huge, winning a Lonsdale belt. Yeah, um, first of all, want to wish you happy belated birthday. I didn't know it was your <laughs> birthday man. On, on on the day but um yeah no it's only probably just this last week is starting to sunk in I've come off cloud nine now um when it first happened I was thinking 
oh, I hope I don't wake up tomorrow and it was a dream and I have to and then and then I have to go and fight. But because um, it just went so well for me, just the whole platform, um, the fight itself, against who it was, how I the manner in which I won. So yeah, it, it just it's 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 been yeah, it's been just I can't explain it. It's just been like a dream come true, and I'm well happy to put my name down as one um, someone who's won the Lonsdale belt. So just just give us a little bit of a flavour of a fight week and and how you were feeling as the days tick by because we've we've covered a few of your fights, me and Matt. I've I've covered a few for for MTK as well, and we saw you beat Charlie Duffield in a fight for the yeah. Southern Area title on on a big show. That was a great fight, you know, two London fighters. Yeah. clashing at an early stage. You won the English title. You defended that a few times. So very much the the traditional route. Yeah. But this is bigger. This is something else now. So during fight week, how how different was it for you? And how did you kind of, how did you handle it really, I guess? Um, like you said, I, I fought on that kind of a big bill before the Charlie Duffield fight. Um, won the English as well. So I just took it in my stride. Like a lot of people, they always like to me, you got to try and enjoy it, like, and stuff. But I could never, ever enjoy fight week because I've always just got in the back of my mind, look, I've got to get the job done. That's the main, tar- like, target. That's my main focus. We've got to get the job done. We've got to get the job done. So even though fight week, like, everything, the way in, the press conference, it was good. I didn't really, I never, ever really get to enjoy it. It's just something that you've got to do before the fight. And, um, yeah, like, even... I had a hotel at the Hilton. I didn't stay there because I just wanted to be in my dingy flat in South London. I just wanted that hunger, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm sure it, it showed in my performance. Like I didn't want to be in nice, like crooks and, you know, room service and stuff. I didn't even stay in a hotel until after the fight. I wanted to just, my mind focus, you know, I felt like this is a big, big task. I rate Jose a highly and that's what makes the victory so much so much sweeter because I remember Hosea running through the light heavyweight division when I was still an amateur and I used to look at him bloody hell this guy's like some Tommy Hearns kind of you know lanky can whack and stuff like that so to finally fight him and you know for the British title I was just like yeah it's this is it and if I can't beat Hosea then you know it's it's just I'm I'm not that good then because where I'm looking to go where I'm looking to operate at I've got to beat the likes of Jose. And I'm very old school, very traditional. If you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And I don't care what anyone says. Jose has been someone who's been thrown in the Who Needs Him club. Once he lost that British title, no one wanted to fight him. Don't care what anyone says. No, but anyone, everyone can talk now. Yeah, because I beat him and stopped, I beat him and stopped him. But no one wanted to fight him. So, um, yeah, he was like the boogeyman of the division in my eyes. And I thought, yeah, I'll step up to the plate. No, that's true. He was because we, like I said, me and Matt saw that fight against Bullioni and, and he was he was winning that fight until the final yeah. round. And then and then Frank turned it around in spectacular fashion. And, and we've talked about it quite a lot. And I don't think either of us have ever seen anyone punished for for a lapse in that final round like he was because yeah. he just could not get a seat back at the table. He was paired in the final eliminator with Anthony Yard. The winner was supposed to fight the winner of Callum Johnson, Frank Bullioni. That mm-hmm. never turned out right for him because Callum's his, his gym mate. And yeah. there were all sorts of other things that went on. But interesting to hear you say there that you didn't take the hotel room. So basically, 
you yeah. went full you went full haggler didn't you yeah That's what you, did. you went full haggler is that yeah. a picture of him behind you there on the wall? <laughs> yeah yeah it is <laughs> and, and people who watch Dan fight will they will notice he's got a very kind of old school look about his ring attire as well the gown yeah. and the kind of velvet satin shorts high yeah. socks and that He's your man, isn't he? And that, that's yeah. what he would have done. He's not staying in a hotel with nah. deuce down duvets or whatever the fuck they're called. You know, he's you know I mean? he's 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 feeding the monster. Exactly. My my heater my heater was broken. I was cold. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm gonna tear this guy, tear this guy a new one, man. Like, but yeah, that's just my just the mentality I was trying to go into the fight with. And Matt, it was. I mean, it was a spectacular performance. It was a spectacular performance because I thought going into it that that Dan might wear him down late um, and wear him down and get to him late and that this was going to be a real interesting fight that Jose might kind of not pile up the points but get a lead with that, with that nice jab, long one-two in the early stages that it would maybe take Dan a bit of time to get past that because it's a serious weapon and it just didn't turn out that way. He... It, it, he won the battle of the jabs. And as, as soon as I started to see that, I just thought, wow, like Jose's got, got problems here, big problems. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was a, it was a funny one because when, uh, you know, we're looking at the bill and uh, you're looking at, you're going through the fights on Diggy right? that's that's going to be the fight of the night, that is, definitely. <clears throat> and I'm looking at, and I, you know, I knew, I knew Dan, we, like you say, we've, we've done a few of his fights. Um, and I know Hosea very well because I trained with him and I spar. I have sparred with him as well, you know, back many years ago now. But very aware of Hosea, and 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 as you did rightly say, there, I don't, I can't remember anyone that got, you know, was winning a fight, was British champion, was undefeated at that point, walked onto a shot at the in the last round, and then struggled so much to get back to where he was. You know, he just it's almost like a, you know he, he's a he's a tall puncher, like. Dan said, "Who King of the Who Needs Him Club?" And he's just—it was like he was just swerved, really, you know, after that, and just couldn't get back there. Um, and you know, you wonder where someone's ambition is when when that happens, because a lot of the time when a fighter is shot, as they say, maybe it's not necessarily physically they're shot. Maybe just the ambition is shot, yeah. and sometimes that and that can be because of they've just had too many hard fights, and this, or or maybe they've just. You know, be sick of living. You know, he, Dan talks about the Marvin Hagler life, or you know, we say Club Lang, I yeah. live alone, I train alone. Like that's a hardship. You know, you and some and putting yourself through a hardship strengthens the mind and hunger and the mindset. And so there's there's a place for it. But what I'm saying, over a ex- long period of time, it can all you can get to a point where it, it's hard. That life is hard. Let me tell you, and you just get to a point yeah. where you, oh, I don't ever want this anymore. And I was wondering, where is Hosea? You know, I don't think he. I didn't think he was physically shot, but I wasn't sure was he emotionally, mentally, ambition-wise shot. Wasn't sure. Now, we did a podcast with Joe Gallagher. Uh, I think was it the day after fight. Um, but even even before that, I was thinking to myself, I was looking at Jose, and I'm thinking, you know what? He's been out in the dark, in the shadows, a little bit. You know, he had to go over to Latvia. You know, performed I think better than what people gave him credit for in that fight. But Lucknick's not yeah. bad at all. And he was away from home and he was more competitive than the scorecard said. And the only other loss in his career was, like you say, a fight he was winning and he walked onto a shot in the last round. And I thought to myself, this is his chance now to sort of relaunch himself. I think we're going to see a good Hosea in my head. This is what I'm thinking. And Joe said, things have gone well. And then I'm looking at Dan, because, you know, we, we, we're on the commentary team. We're weighing up how we think the fight's going to, we're going to give our predictions type thing. So 
I'm looking at Hosea. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at Dan, and, I, and we've done a few of his fights. And I thought about the Duffield fight and the Ricky Summers and the Sterling, and he, you know they were because the other guys up to that point were all sort of people you definitely meant to be. He was a big favourite. They were journeyman type opponents, opponent opponents. So I'm looking at those three fights because they were the most significant on his record, and then I'm looking at Hosea, and also he had the uh, the good win against Bob Adjusaf. You know, we came out fast in that yeah. one. So I'm thinking to myself, no, there's there's a, there's definitely plenty of ambition left in Hosea. Um, more miles on the clock than Dan. But, you know, you could say that as a positive too, that he's more seasoned. And I'm, I'm waning up, you know, and I'm thinking, mm, yeah, Dan's looked good against your child of Lid, Ricky Summers and your Sterling. But Hosea is definitely, I believe, a level, at least a level above those guys. So I was thinking... And we're talking, everyone on Sky talking at 50-50. And I'm thinking, is it 50-50? Is it 50-50 on, on paper going in? I'm thinking, I don't think it is. I think, well, no, <laughs> whatever way it goes remains to be seen. But I think on paper going into this fight, I think Jose is a, a, a solid favourite. He's the proven guy. He's boxed at the better level, you know, and he's not like he's an old man. I think now, whether Dan steps up to the plate, we'll, we'll have to see. But I think going in, I think Hosea, from my opinion, and for those reasons, was a strong favourite. Now, that said, <laughs> I didn't expect to see a UK Marvin Hagler chomping at the beats. <laughs> with a, with the, and I've got to say, I did like it. I love the, uh, the crushed velvet shorts and that throwback style. But also, more, more than... Look, we claim to be seen, you're a Hagler fan, looking at the shorts and the, and the attire, as, as, um, as uh, Andy rightly said. But... When you're really a fan of someone, you mimic a lot more than just their attire. Yeah. And you can see that you that's somebody you've read about, you've watched, and you've tried to emulate and model yourself and follow someone like that. That's obviously, we all have heroes, don't we? People that we aspire to be like. And that's all you can see, not just from the, the attire, but from the, the way you carry yourself. And, and, and the more I've got to know about you, even from that weekend and listening to you talk, even in the interview, I said it, that Marvin Hagler throwback. Let's fight each other. Some will win, some will lose. Let's roll with the punches. And I thought, so, yeah. I, I fucking love that because that I, I, I'd like to think that I had a bit of that in me where I thought, you know what? If I'm going to go my whole career and I'm going to fight the best and I'm going to go to the top, I'm going to get beaten somewhere along the way. Hopefully it's not till I get there, but along the way, I'm not going to retire undefeated. Who the fuck does? None of my heroes retired undefeated. Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran. You know, t- Roberto Duran is probably one of the, probably in the top three or four pound for pound fighters of all time. 100%. He got nuts spark out by, by, by Tommy Hearns. He came yeah. back and won world titles. Do you know what I mean? You don't, if, 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 Man United, if, if, if Chelsea or Man United or whoever, Ronaldo or someone plays shit on Saturday, they're not a shit player. They didn't suddenly become a shit player in boxing, especially as show people are fighting. Well, maybe it's not as bad now, but we're fighting less and less, like t- twice a year or whatever. People were terrified to fight a 50-50 fight because were, if you lose, it's how long it takes you to get back to where you were. You know, we talked about Hosea having that loss and like, look yeah. how long it took him to get a seat. So that's the problem with but fighters generally will fight other fighters but they're scared of where it's going to put them from a career point of view moving forward. But, you know, what you said in that uh, post-fight interview impressed me and made me smile as much as your performance did because that is what needs to happen. You know, 
a few years back, you had me, Darren Barker, Andy Lee, and Martin Murray, and none of us fought each other. And that's criminal, yeah. really, when you think about exactly. it. Exactly. But you're right. Right now, there's a crop of domestic light heavyweights. Some of them are world-class. Maybe all of them are, but definitely some of them are. Now, yes, it would be ideal, and it would be lovely if one of you won a world title, and there could be the world title on the line. Of course, it would be better. That's definitely. But it's not I, don't care. It's not I don't care if it's for a British title. Exactly. I don't care for the British title as long as these fights happen yeah. because we don't, as boxing people immersed in the sport, and, and we're all fans ultimately, absolute, um, one, you know, the, the primitive part of it. First and foremost, we are boxing fans and we don't want to miss out on these great fights when you've got all these exactly. really solid, good top fighters at light heavyweight with good, exciting styles missing out on fighting each other. Yeah. You know, you, 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 I, I know politics, and I understand the business more than anyone and the politics of boxing and how it works and that. But at some point as well, like I said, we, we, I think we said it the other week, boxing's a business, but it's also a sport. And you don't want to forget that. And if the, the promoters and the TVs have just got to find a way. And I don't, I'm not saying what the way is, but they've got to try and find a way to make these fights happen. Don't overcook it. Let's just get these guys on, man. Because yeah. you know what? Win, lose, or draw... If they're great fight, so I lost to Jamie Moore in a great fight. But you know what? My I still watch that fight today. I still watch that fight because it's a good fight. Because you know, it's a it good fight. It didn't, you know, my reputation didn't go down after that fight. Yeah. That went up, even yeah. though I got beat. You know, so if you lose in a great fight, what was seen as a 50 50 fight anyway, you, 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 you know, your stock ain't going to get down. Now, listen, maybe it's going to take a little while to get the next shot because. The, the sport and the business moves quick, doesn't it? But, yeah. you know, I don't know. There's, there's, there's ways. People have just got to put their heads together and get these fights on because there, there is there is a fantastic domestic crap there. And I hope I hope the fights happen. And, and, uh, and, uh, and by the way, Dan, yeah. I hope I've explained why I had Jose as a strong favourite because it wasn't who, you know, I'm just saying going in, yeah. he was the man that was the proven guy. I didn't of think course. on paper going in it was a 50-50 fight. No, that and that's what I trained for. I trained for in my head. I believe Jose has operated at the high level. I thought he was just under fringe level, fringe world level. Um, he's got the experience, and that's what I trained for. So I did train for someone who I thought maybe short, mentally not there or whatnot. So um, yeah, no, I totally understand. And I was actually watching your interview. I watched it a few times just before the fight, like. Um, the night before, I was like, oh, more. I mean, um, Macklin has me, like, as not the favourite. He thinks I'm going to get smashed. Like, oh, watch, I'm going to show him. Like, <laughs> no, that's that's that, that's the Hagler method again. That's the Hagler yeah. method again. It's that, That's what Josh Taylor does. You know, you, yeah. you think of a, a modern-day fighter who feeds off all of that during fight week. You know, that's, yeah. I think it's an effective method. It's what, it's what you need to do. Uh, just to go back to the night. Yeah. What's it like when... In a huge fight, and this is a question for both of you, but Dan, you first. It goes so well. What, what's it like in the corner when it's going so well? In mentally few when it's going so well, because it just occurred to me that that's not a problem. It's great, but but at yeah. some in some way you might be just thinking, no, nah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna really bring it this next round. It's 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 not a feeling of oh this is going too well but yeah did you so do you understand what i'm saying I, what I was get, brian what was brian saying to you in the corner because, because you must have been looking like, to take him out any time from about round three or try to 
And he might have had to maybe keep you on the leash a little bit and say, look, it's not quite there yet. Exactly that. Because we had like three stages of the fight. Obviously, first stage, we actually thought um, Hosea was probably going to be nicking it. We've seen he's got a very good jab. Um, I spied a lot of amateurs because, you know, they're, they're one-two merchants and they're quick. So um, we practice like, you know, just evading the jab. But we still thought, yeah, Jose's got a brilliant jab. So you might get picked off in the first couple of rounds, but it was surprising. I was beating him to the jab. I wasn't getting hit that much with the jab. Um, I was staying low. He was finding it difficult to to catch me and was a bit put off as how low I was and stuff like that he, and was worried about the overhand coming over. So, yeah, like um, when I'll just come back to the corner, Brian would just be like, all right, yeah, this is it's going fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, don't go for it yet. Like you said, um, just wait until the, I think he was waiting until like the fourth round. And then from there, I started to press a bit more. And then once I started catching him a bit more frequently and harder, yeah, we didn't think it would go like the distance definitely but I thought it was going to be more later on I thought maybe I might even t- might get him out of there in the, maybe the last round but it was it was quicker than, than, than we thought hey hey, ki- hey kids hey everybody sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher how you doing sir I am uh, in health thank you are you uh, excited about something I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to The Desire and Capital Podcast, coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! I said during the, I said before the fight, as we were coming out and during it as well, I said, everyone thinks, oh, he's got that height advantage. I said, yeah. sometimes that, that can be misleading because even though Hosea has the height advantage, Dan Aziz is short for the, for a light heavyweight, but if he, he, he'll box even smaller, which will make yeah. it awkward because Hosea then has to punch down because he's quite upright, Hosea. Exactly. And he's going to feel like he's wide open for the open. shots coming over the top and, even though you're um, short, because you're very compact, yeah, you're, you're very deceiving with 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 your reach, and yeah. also you, you cover you cover the ground quickly, and, and like you're always jumping, you almost bring yeah. into that jab. Uh-huh. It's called the gazelle, the gazelle jab. You cover so much distance before you know it, you're right in front of their face. So um, and then from there you can just work. So yeah, so Hagley used to use it all the time. Um, a lot of people think it's unconventional. Ah, oh, what you know, what's he doing and stuff? But there's a method behind the madness. <laughs> so, what did you do after the fight? What did you do that night? I'm always interested in this because you know when you boxing's boxing's so odd in so many ways. But one of the reasons it's odd is that you get this date from a way out, and you've got to try and peak on that night. You obsess about that night, and you definitely, definitely do. You yeah. you 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 want to do it that way. That's that's the marvelous Marvin way. Then it all goes perfectly because it did go perfectly and you've won. I mean, what, what's the feeling then? Because with a lot of athletes I speak to, when it's this big, it's not like you couldn't have come back from this if you'd lost. Of course you could have. But but in terms of your career, it's, you know, the progression of it, winning was was very, very important. Sometimes with athletes, when they've built something up to be 
that important. Yeah. They're just relieved they haven't lost rather than euphoric that they've won. So how 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 was it? Um I was more I was happy I won, obviously, but like you said, it's just the the, the manner in which I, I I I beat him. Like um I just thought, wow, like <laughs> it was just so it was is emphatic and it, like it was a tactical breakdown and um I didn't think I'll 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 do that to him. So yeah, it's just a bit. I don't know. I was just on cloud nine. I couldn't. I even had a I had a um, test afterwards, uh, drugs test afterwards, and I had to piss. And I was so excited, I couldn't even piss for like nearly two three hours. I was in backstage for ages. I couldn't even come out and see everyone because they don't leave you until you've given them a sample and whatnot. But I was just that excited and. Just, you know, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I just was hoping, you know, like I said, I didn't wake up the next morning and it was a dream and then I had to go and fight. It just went so smooth sailing. But training was good. Um, I really got put through the the, the fire, got put through it. Um, so, yeah, it all, it all just went well. And I, now I just want to keep work, build off that performance. Like I'm already not fully back in the gym, but I'm, back in the gym like just three times a week just ticking over and I want to just build on that now I want to build on that I want to keep collecting belts next the next belt I want is um the Commonwealth I think Lyndon Arthur is the holder of that um I want to try and get the Commonwealth or defend it if there's a, a, a good fight like like you lot mentioned I'm just I'm interested in having good fights I don't care about you know going abroad fighting these Europeans because half these Europeans they're not even they're ranked high, but they're not that good. I think the domestic scene is where it, that's the hardest route, I believe, anyway. Like, the top, the 10 boys in the light heavyweight, they can all fight at world level, I believe, anyway, or just fringe world level. So why don't we all just mix it up ourselves? I was even going to call out Caleb Johnson afterwards, but obviously he's got his world title fight. So yeah, like, you know, Gallagher, I like to fight your other light heavyweight, but yeah, he's, he's got the, um, he's got the world title. It might be a bit, too much of a step, but you know, it is what it is, man. I just want to fight, being good fights. I want people to remember my fights. Look back, oh, do you remember that Dan Aziz fight and thingy? You know, it was so good and stuff like that, man. I don't want to be in these boring fights that people expect me to win or do you know what I mean? So, yeah. If, if Callum Johnson loses, you know, he wins the fight even better, you know, he won't. Yeah. But if, say he loses that fight, you know, he's still a top domestic like heavyweight. Would you go? And then it might be an easier fight to make. So you might think, well, you know what? I had to shut the world title. Didn't work out. Yeah. Um, you know, whether he wins it or lose, if he wins it, he's going to want defences anyway. And, and domestic yeah. ones are going to be the bigger fight for him. But, you know, worst case scenario, he didn't get the win and he loses. That's that's still a fight then that could get made, you and him. Is that one you jump straight into? 100%. I heard he's a he, he can whack. You know, he's in it, always in exciting fights. So I think we would make a brilliant fight. I would love that fight. Um, I even see um, someone message me and said, oh, Rookie Fielding's in your weight class. I don't know if he's actually moved up to light heavy. I, I wouldn't mind fighting Rocky, any of the boys, um, Yard. I think we'll, like there's a lot of guys in my weight division that I will gel to make a good fight with. So, um, yeah. What, what you know, obviously Yard and Arthur are fighting each other. Yeah. Um, and they're both with Frank Warren on BT. So, they're probably out of the equation for a little bit anyway, because whoever wins, that's probably going to push on and look to get a, a shadow world title. Yeah. They're both ranked quite high, aren't they, with the WBO? So, 
Craig Realistically Richards. speaking, yeah. who do you who do you think who would you like to fight next that you think could happen? Craig Richards um, is the one for me. He was there at the weekend, wasn't he? He he he's had a world title shot, and he. I guess the problem you've got, Dan, is that yeah. people who have boxed up a higher level, Craig has because he, yeah. he boxed for a, for, a, for a world title and he's been British champion, mm-hmm. might see fighting you as a little bit of a backward step. But I guess exactly. you've just got to try and... Um, but that's where the promoters have got to throw that's money it. That's table. it, yeah. It might happen. Exactly. Um, I think the, apparently the, the, the European title's vacant. Um, I've, I, I feel like Craig's probably might go for that. That would be a good fight between me and him. It's a, he's, he's a good mate of mine, lives just down the road from me. Um, he actually helped me get ready for Josea. We did a lot of sparring together and I think we'd make for an excellent fight. Trust me. So, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. It'd be a great London um, fight. A great London yeah. fight. And again, Craig's another fighter who we... God, I think we've done almost every single one of his fights and, and yeah. he's done it in a similar kind of way to, uh, to yourself. Um, yeah. So let's just take a little bit of a rewind. So just to <clears throat> fill people in on your on your story a bit, because it is a really interesting one, and it does chime in with with a couple of things we've been talking about the last yeah. the last few weeks. So you took up boxing late when you went yeah. to when you went to university. I think you're about 19 when you took up boxing, yeah. which which is quite you know it is it is quite long in the tooth. You'll, you'll find yourself up. Hosea Burton would have started boxing when he was about five. Yeah, of course. For example, because he's from that 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 traveler that traveler background. So how did it? I mean, you progress quick. You progress quick. But in terms of the amateurs, how did it? Just fill people in on how it went for you and what kind of stage you got to, and therefore, when you turned pro, what you had to try and sell yourself and get some backing because I know that was tricky. Yeah. Um, well. I had about 60-odd amateurs. Um, I fought all the top boys. Um, I don't think my style was... I wasn't a point scorer, so I would always lose the first round, second round, kind of get into it. Then the third round, that's when I'll pick it up, but it'll be too late. So um, I won about 40 of them. I think I got to the the finals um, up in Liverpool, like the quarterfinals, semis, twice or something like that, twice or three times. Um, who did you who did you lose to? I lost to a guy called Ashley Vanzi. He's yeah. from Leeds, a very good boxer. Um and then I and I lost to a guy in the army. I can't remember his name, but I lost to someone in the army. And then I lost to and I lost to James Branch actually. So three times I was in the finals. I lost to James Branch. Um so yeah, and then I've gone overseas. I won like the Haringey, won box cups in Ireland, Portugal, um gone overseas and won stuff. But yeah, the, the the amateurs weren't too it weren't it weren't it didn't suit my style, so to speak. But um I got a lot of experience from it, boxed all the top boys. And uh yeah, I think I think after a while, like I probably was in the amateurs for about seven years or maybe longer. Then my coach said, you know what, all right, let's let's try the pros. Um I like I weren't the best. I weren't the best amateur. I weren't the best boxer. But the only thing is I just always stayed consistent I've never like you know you get boxers sometimes they'll take time off you know come up come back after a year or two then say oh you know I miss boxing I've never done that I've always just stuck at it and that's why I've surpassed a lot of like even top amateurs that 
I was around with at the, at the, at the time. So, and also I came up with like the likes of Buatzi, Lawrence Okoli, like I trained day in, day out with them from the amateur. So I learned a lot from them. And um, yeah, so, so and then once I t- turned over, I've obviously had to do it the hard way, had to go through the small hall scene. Um, I weren't that much of a ticket seller. So, uh, but I knew that that's what I had to do. I weren't an Olympian or anything. So it just comes with the, it comes with, with the gig in it. Like, you know, the, the hard way in it. And it, it gives me that extra, that hunger and that want. So yeah, every time when I got an opportunity, like you say, the Charlie Duffel fight, I always feel like I have to excel. Like I don't just go in there, you know, okay, let's try and get this. I really feel like this is my chance. And I really literally try and grab it with two hands. So that's why I always put on quite a decent performance when it comes to the big, big, big stages. So yeah, um, it's been hard. It's been hard, but it's also, it's conditioned me mentally. And I think boxing is not even 80%, only 90% mental. If you're strong in the mind, yeah, you're more than halfway there. Like even with Hosea, I was I was thinking to myself, you know, what would I be like if five years he won the British title five years ago? Imagine I had to fight for the British title five years from now. What would my mindset be like? And do you know what I mean? And I I I tried not to think, you know, he he mentally I don't think he'll be there, but. You know, I I think it did because you won it five years ago, and then you're fighting someone like me again for it five years later. You you want right now? He should be like, I believe he should have been boxing at like the world level. Scene. So you were thinking yourself. You, you were thinking, Dan, if this gets fucking hard, he ain't gonna yeah. want it as much as me. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, seriously, I think definitely, yeah. I was thinking. Because come on, like, you know, he's probably thinking, oh, like, British title, I won that ages ago. Obviously, yeah, he wanted to win it two times, but nah, I just, and it, for me, it's my first time like that. Look, I've, if I go in my kitchen right now, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a board and it's got a picture of the British title. I've had that for about three years. Like, that's my vision. Like, I always wanted to get that British title. So now I've got the real thing in a, in a briefcase. So, like, I've just always had that vision. And that mindset, I need to. I want to become a British champion. So, and that, and now that you have, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt it was a, it was a big performance. It was a breakout performance. That I think, and because of the, the stage and the platform, yeah. like you said, good solid. I think what was at half eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah, you know, back on on a Saturday night. I mean, it couldn't have been. I don't know what the viewing figures were, but I imagine the viewing from, figures were crazy. That's what um, I from I heard from Ben. He said because they went straight from football straight into my fight, so the yeah. viewing figures were crazy. So, so to step up to the plate and deliver the perform the best performance of your career on the biggest stage of your career, you know that will have shot you to a new level now. Now. Obviously, you got to keep your feet on the ground. You got to stay hungry, which I'm sure you will. You don't come across mm. like you won't. But moving forward from here now, what has have you had discussions about what the next fight is, when it is? I mean, we talked, we mentioned earlier about you know boxing twice a year and people. You want to stay busy, man, and I guess 100%. you do want to stay busy. You don't want to. Like, yes, it's great if you can get the European title next, but worst case scenario it, it, there's a bit of it's stalled in negotiations just get out there and fight man do you want to build that momentum now on the back of it definitely just before just before this fight I just went and fought on a random show in Bedford 
just so I could just get out. Like I paid for opponent, paid for an opponent because, like you said, I need to be out. Like it's one thing just being in a gym training, but you just need that, you know, that kill. You need to go out there and get that kill. Like I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought a month before the fight, like maybe I think September, just fought a random journey, man, just to get out. Like and hopefully I can, I'd love to be able to get out next year early. February, if I can, latest March, but um, yeah, um, we're in talks now, so we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we get some. Hey, everybody! This is Moto G Pete from the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist. Plus, news and racing. That's the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. News. I think the most difficult thing what could happen for you now, Dan, is you know say. Look, that, you, you, you talk there about the mindset, the focus, how you're going through the fight. I know, I know it's like you're sleeping, breathing it, and all you're thinking about is this fight, this night. Yeah. And then it's the biggest fight of your career. You stepped up. What a performance. Everyone's talking about you. Now, there's talk about the domestic fights, Yard, Arthur. Listen, Johnson, if one of them happened next, it'd be great, but probably it isn't. Now, yeah. if you've got, you got to shut the European title Bang, brilliant again. It's momentum, isn't it? You're climbing course, the ladder, exactly. you're climbing the rankings, you, you know. But so it, it, what could, if that doesn't happen and it's like, oh, we've got to defend the British title and it's, I don't know, let's say someone like Ricky Summers who you've already beaten. Yeah. The hardest thing for you now is to keep that mindset. mindset yeah, 100%. That challenger's mindset where that yeah. hunger, where you don't, you don't kind of go from a 10 out of 10 performance, let's say, where mm-hmm. you dip to a six or a seven. Complacency, for sure. complacency for sure. is the biggest fucker any of us have to fight sure. against because uh, it creeps in, doesn't it, subconsciously? And that's why I have to keep grounded. And I because that's what's that's what I'm scared of. That it's not about who I'm fighting, it's not about losing, it's just that be being getting complacent or you know, that hunger not being there. So that's why I get myself to the gym. As soon as I finish this, I'm in the gym with my trainer, I'm going to just go over a few things. And that's what I fear. That's my fear to not just that mindset, that mentality. I need it to stay where it is. And, um, you know, that's all these... That's hard to do, cha- though. That's hard yeah, to yeah, do because, you know, you, you get back in the gym, you're professional and you're disciplined, let's say. Yeah. So you, you you go back in the gym and physically you hit 12 rounds out in the bag or you do the track or whatever you do physically, yeah. you do the same. So because you're professional and you're disciplined and you're dedicated. That's so you, you, you tick all the boxes physically, but to keep that same mindset, yeah. when you're going into a fight against someone where you're the favorite, it, it's difficult to keep yeah. that because it, it's hard because yeah, physically you can prepare the same, but to be as up for it as when you, everyone's writing you off and you're, you, you know, you're listening to interviews and you're hearing yeah. people say, other guys, a strong favorite, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like your backup because what that ignites in you is these things. These people think I'm going to get beaten. It, it ignites a bit of fear, yeah. And that bit of fear makes you dig deep and train hard. Now, when everyone's picking you as a big favorite and they're saying how good you are and they're talking about the next fight and yeah, if Callum Johnson wins, they could do the world title. What about Yard? And they're not talking about the, the guy who's challenging you for the yeah. British title who hasn't really beaten anyone. It's 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 you know even though you're aware of it and 
you, you, you'll be conscious not to, to stay grounded and to, to not look past it. It's fucking difficult. No, it really is. It's it, even, you know, like for, even for the fight that I had coming up, I didn't have people around me like that were so to I don't want to be rude, but up my ass. I, I hate that. When I have people that are like, oh, yeah, Dan, you got this, you're going to win. Nah, you got this. I hate that. Like, if anyone comes into the gym and they're like that, I told my oh, please don't bring him in the gym again. Or if someone phones me, Dan, you got this. Nah, trust me, you're going to not. I don't like that. Because I don't want subconsciously my mind to relax at mm. all. So I'm one of the, I'm very aware of that. And like you said, it is hard, but. You know, we've got to find, we'll find ways to just keep that hunger and keep that fire lit and just not to, you know, feel like, you know, yeah, you, you're, you've made it. There's still so much more to do, man. And that's that's what I think keeps the battery up me ass. So, yeah. Me, me and Andy love a Rocky quote. And uh, yeah. we, uh, because you listen, whatever you want to say about the Rocky movies, there's a moral to the of story. Course, 100%. Rocky is life. Rocky is life. <laughs> big time, big time. And Rocky three, in particular, when he's up there and he's blowing the bubbles and the band are playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then you've, got, you've got Clubber Lang. Let's That's say Clubber Lang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, it, 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 but what happens is, you know, Rocky was like that in Rocky one, like you said, when yeah. you said to him, didn't they? You, 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 you were, um, he says, when I met you, you had that eye of the tiger. Yeah. You got stuffed. You've made money. You've won. You've defended your belt. You've achieved things. And you've, you've become soft. He said, "You've yeah. got to get that back." And he I'm takes him out to LA, and he's living in the shit things. Yeah. And have a <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, yeah. It's a film. No, it's a film, but, it, but it's real. That shit yeah. happens. Maybe no, not. As, you know, it's like listen, jo- Anthony Joshua when he fought Andy Ruiz. Like we, we, me and Andy were over there. We we, we commentated on, on the fights, and it was like we, we had a, we had a fighters meeting with Joshua two or yeah. three days before. And we, it was it must have been a good hour, and it was like you know it was packed with all the international journalists, or whatever. And I'm telling yeah. you, I, 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 it might have been three, four at the most, and he must have answered thirty questions. Yeah, and only three or four of them were about Andy Ruiz. Let's see, you know. Yeah. I remember, Matt, I remember that well. And and uh, what actually happened was was there were I think there might have been one kind of cursory question about him to start with, and then all sorts of other things were discussed, in, 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 including my traditional Nigerian wedding for a spell at one yeah. stage. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and then yeah, towards and then and then towards the end, you, you 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 and you were relatively tetchy about it. Said you because you'd had your hand up for a bit. I think said, "Can we can we just get back to the actual fight?" Yeah. Um, because no one was asking him about it. It was, it was, it was strange. And that, that, that is just a brilliant recent example of, of what you were just talking about, about how you can do all the press-ups and the sit-ups that you normally do. But if you don't really think the other person is going to beat you, then you've, you're banging trouble. You're, yeah, exactly. Mindset, man. I'm telling you, the mindset and your mental approach to the fight. It's just, well, look, look at the weekend, Tiafimo Lopez. Yeah, exactly. Tiafimo Lopez, boxing, Combosis, taking nothing away from Combosis. But that wasn't the same Tiafimo Lopez no, no that chance. fought Lomachenko. It just wasn't, he, you know. You can see even just the build-up, how, how he's, like, he's he, mentality, he, he, the way he was. He may have sparred the same amount of rounds. He may have smashed his run times, circuits, whatever yeah. the training he was doing physically. But his mindset was absolute chalk and cheese. And, sure. you know, look, you know, he... You don't want to write his dad off. He's, they've, they've, they've come this far. Do you know what I mean? And it was the same dad that, produced, that helped him win, beat uh, Lomachenko. But, uh, you know, you'd like to think that his dad and his, his, his father and his coach 
listen, this is gonna when 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 you when you succeed, this all happens. The backslap has come. It can become a circus, even yeah. if you don't realise it at the time. It can. People from the outside can see it happening. Now you'd be hoping that you, your coach, your family, your close friends will be the one saying, "Keep your fucking feet on the ground," because yeah. it's hard. But you know what? Their feet, their heads might swell. Well, exactly. It's, new, it's yeah. new territory for them too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's where you want someone old, experienced, who doesn't give a shit about all that. Yeah. Even if it's just, I don't know, someone in your camp who's just a friend that oversees, I don't know, maybe he's not even part of your training team. Yeah. But you need someone that can that's not afraid to tell you the hard truth. And it's like, mate, you're getting fucking carried away with yourself. Yeah. This is gonna go to shit. Because yeah, sure. you look at Tiafimo Lopez's dad going on about Josh Taylor and yeah. this and that. They weren't even thinking about Cambosis. Yeah, I always I always find it weird when people ask boxers who are just about to fight about other boxers. I think it's like, I can never ever answer that because I just feel like, nah, you can't overlook someone who's, and it, it's, it's just an accident waiting to happen. I always, whenever people ask me, oh, what do you want to do after that? Listen, I've got my mind focused on this fight right now. And yeah. Because it, 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 it's that one, isn't it? Again, going back to a Rocky quote. Yeah. The first one, when he goes to, comes back after the first round, Rocky won. Yeah. He says, man, he goes, he goes, he says, he goes, he doesn't think this is a damn show. He thinks this is a damn fight. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're making me go and watch one or go and watch some Rocky movies now before I go training. <laughs> you should watch them the week of a fight, get the mindset right. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. With, with, with boxing, though, it's it's maybe more than other sports. You just need to concentrate so hard on not repeating the mistakes that other people have made in the past because 100%. people repeat the same mistakes that they've seen other people make again and again and again. And you hear them say, Oh, I'm not going to be that guy. That won't happen to me. And then before yeah. they know it, they are it that happens. guy yeah. and it's happening to them. But you described the way you kind of came up into, into pro boxing. I remember the first time I saw you was I'd gone down to the cool box uh, under the arches in, in Bethnal Green to see Lawrence. So it was yeah. like early 2017, I think. And, and you were there and, yeah. uh, and Brian was there. And I think you'd been sparring that day with Lawrence or maybe Boatsy. Cause like you say, you've done a lot of rounds with, with those guys. Yeah, And I know that when you turned pro, attracting some real backing was difficult. The major promoters weren't interested in you. And we were talking about this the other week because you weren't an Olympian. People didn't necessarily know your name. You'd only know Dan Aziz if you were really kind of plugged into that Southern area circuit. And and at this point, we do need to mention your man, Lee Eaton, because he was the one who decided to just take a punt on you, basically, and and put that kind of ammunition behind you. How big was that? Because... You know that that was that, that was a big day in your career when when you know MTK hitched their wagon to you. It, I mean, it just was, wasn't it? No, for sure. Um, I I remember I went to all the small hall um, promoters. Um, they were all kind of saying the same thing, and then uh, I just met up with Lee. You know what Lee's like? He's just a lad. Like I just said to him, "Look, Lee, I just need you to be honest with me. I'm not telling you I'm the best thing since sliced bread." All I want is if you can promise me that I'll be busy. You know, the aim, you know, it's obviously to win titles. And he, yeah, he was just honest with me. I just like the honesty that he he would, he, you know, he just said, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll try and get you to a British title. Um, I'll try and get you out as much as you can. And in my first two years, I'm very sure I had like five, five fights every year. And that was, 
that pushed me up the rankings very quickly. So, and it just got me in my groove. So yeah, no, um, I got to give a big thank you to Lee Eaton um, and MTK. Yeah, they did a brilliant job. Obviously, then the pandemic happened and it kind of slowed things down. But we're here now, you know, British champion. So everything planned out. Do you know, yeah, I was, was looking at a box rep the other day. Yesterday, this was actually, I don't even know what come up and I end up going on it. Buddy McGurk on his record. Now, Buddy was pro 15 years. He had 80 fights. Yeah. You know, I was pro 15 years. had 41. You know, Boxers don't box enough no. nowadays anymore. They just don't know. It's, I don't know, I suppose maybe they're thinking, well, if I'm getting X amount of money on t- a TV or, or on a certain channel, you know, yeah. uh, I don't want to box for less than that because I don't yeah. want to cheapen myself and I don't want them to think that I'll box for cheap. So I understand you're trying to keep your, it, I don't know, it's like if a carpenter does a day's work for whatever and then he does it for yeah. half, people start to think, oh, he'll do it for that. So you don't want people low-balling you. You're trying to keep your money up where it is and what your your value, your market sure. value. But I don't know. I think in America years ago, it was a bit more, well, if you're on HBO, you'll get X amount, your minimum will be this. If you're on yeah. ESPN, your minimum will be that. And But there were people that were taking fights on, on even maybe local TV networks for smaller money again. But it was just, it was just understood that you know, you've got a lesser network, you got less money, but you're still fighting. fighting Do you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. Buddy, Buddy, I looked at it, it was like, you know, I don't know, I didn't check if they were all 10 or 12 round fights, but he'd yeah. been a world champion. And of I think course. he boxed seven or eight times yeah. the following year. Like, yeah, see what I'm know, saying, yeah. I, I, but, you know, I was boxing twice a year, sometimes once in the end when I was out in America and that, but like, yeah. some of that was injuries, but a lot of it was just TV scheduling TV, and waiting yeah. for the get X amount of money for it to be a, a, a certain level of a fight. But in hindsight, and I say this all the time, I say it on Twitter and I say it when I'm speaking to anyone, fighters need to fight. Right, 100%. How you stay in, it's how you stay fit. It's yeah. how you get, you relax more. You, you know what I mean? When you're bucks for a year and then you're bucks, all of a sudden you, you've been thinking about it that much. You're much, that yeah, desperate to box one of the good. Yeah. You overthink. You put too much pressure on yourself. You can freeze up a little bit. When you're boxing regularly, you're not even nervous. Like you're nothing, just in the yeah. Exactly. Exactly that. And that's what I, um, when I had my first like four or five fights, I remember my first one, I was very tense. And then after I started boxing regularly, it was like, it was like nothing. Like, yeah, I just didn't have that, those, I did have nerves, but it weren't nerves to the fact where it would make me tired or I'm overthinking and stuff like that. You just get used to it. And I think that's what, like, there's a lot of boxers like that come up now and I say, oh, Dan, what do you know? Ask for my advice. What do you think I should do? Like, and they all want to get on like the big shows. They want to be with the Frank. They want to be with Matt Truman like, when they're first turning over. And I say, look, if you if you sign up with these big promoters, you're not going to box that much, you know, like you're better off maybe boxing at a lower level but often like you know if you can get the back in and you can pay for opponents and whatnot that's what you're best off doing and then when you get to a certain level yes then you start um boxing on these big shows and whatnot but yeah like a lot of people they want to they want to get there before they've even done anything like you know want to box on the, in the on the big shows and this that and yeah i that wasn't my thing like like i love marvin Hagler and i just can always emphasize emphasize on like how he came up and I thought yeah no you know what sometimes you just got to do it the hard way and, like, and that's what like, builds you you know when you hear footballers talking about match fit yeah well, when you're fighting regularly you're fighting fit you're fighting fit you're yeah. relaxed you're sharp you're fit you can do the rounds you know what I mean it's like it's, it's and, and 
it, but it, it's a, I suppose as well, and, and I, I, you know, I would have been this way. How much a fight? And well, you know, how much are they getting a fight? Because everyone's trying to suss out what, what they should be getting because no one wants yeah. to sell, sell short, do they? Everyone wants to get what they feel they deserve. But really, you should be thinking, what did I make? Everyone else that works in a job, it's like, yeah. well, what's my salary over the year? Yeah. What's my yearly salary? That's a that's a 50K a year job or that's 100K or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So instead of thinking, what did I earn a fight? You think, what did you earn over the year? Because you, yeah, you, yeah. you've still got to live the other months you don't fight. Of course. You know what yeah, I mean? You've still got to sure. eat 100%. and pay electric and whatever the, the months you don't fight. So what did you earn over the year? So, I, I, you know, I, I just think... Rather than boxing once and earning loads for that one fight, man, yeah. But, but just, box for, just, just keep yeah, boxing. Yeah. Be busy, 100%. man. That's what. If I go with anybody, that's what. I, that's got to be in my, you know, the main focus. I want to be busy. I want to fight. I just, I just want to fight, and that brings out the best in me, and it, it just sets me up for the bigger fights and gets me conditioned. Like you said, I've, I've, I've been there when, um gym fit you know i could do circuits for days and i'm running so far but then i, I get on getting there and i'm sparring or i'm fitting and i'm not as ring fit as i thought i'd be it doesn't translate directly across no. it, it takes a it bit doesn't. of time to catch it up you can build 100%. the engine doing circuits and runs yeah. but then when you spar your first spar you're shattered that because 100%. the nervous energy the jerking so yeah. it might take no it, it Oh, the, the 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 physical training, the strength and conditioning hasn't been a waste of time. Of course, it hasn't. It, it's helped no. build an, an energy system, but yep. to, to to translate it across to fighting fit and boxing, it, boxing specific fitness, you've got to do the boxing. You've got yeah, to do the sparring. 100%. But even even with it, it, as good as that is, the sparring, no matter how many rounds you do, and it's the it's the yeah. next best thing. There's nothing like. Fighting and staying no, active. Like you should be boxing four times a year, Dan. At least, yeah, no, for sure. That's and definitely that's what I want to do. Like, uh, speaking of like the translating into fighting, I remember, you know, the heart rate monitors they have. Like, I was doing smashing out um, a session on a bike, and my heart rate was through the roof. Then I tried on the heart rate just for my first spar back, and without even throwing a punch. Just like sizing up, my heart rate was the same as when I was smashing out the the bike. So, like you said, it doesn't translate. They're totally two different things. So, um, yeah, no. Hopefully, whatever deal I get next, as you know, being busy is is one of the main focal points. Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the One Stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan, New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts, One Star Recruits. So, it's like I, I went skiing with my birds yeah. uh, a while back. Now, I'm obviously physically fitter than yeah. my birds, you know what I mean? But she's a much better skier than me. Yeah, so, yeah. when I'm coming down the slope, I'm shitting myself yeah. really. Do you know what I mean? So, the fear level on me is through the roof. Ruth, my heart's yeah, yeah. pounding and I'm yeah. sweating. 
And at the end of the three days, I was absolutely shattered. She wasn't because yeah. it was effortless to her because she didn't have that fear going on. Yeah. As you said there, you can do, you can go on a walk, boy, you can physically, you can do this, that, and the other, and you'll get your heart right there. But let me tell you, we got someone standing across the ring trying to punch exactly. your head off. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That'll exactly. make your heart rate go through the roof too. Exactly. No, it's, 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 it's really interesting, this. And the, the, the activity angle when you're early in your pro career is, is, is just so important because you see fighters because it's different. They might have boxed loads as amateurs, but then it's smaller gloves and you're training for potentially longer fights down the road. And, and it's the hurt business. You know, people aren't just looking to try and hit the target. They're trying to take each other out. And mm-hmm. it is different. And you see fighters kind of, you see them tight and, and, and anxious, apprehensive. And then if they fight regularly, you see that, you see that dissipate. I mean, I, I see it on Tuesdays and Thursdays when I go down to Newham and do a bit of coaching with, with, with kids. Like they're kind of as young as six to kind of 12 and I saw one last night I hadn't seen for a couple of weeks. And he'd obviously been, um, I had to miss a couple of sessions. Two weeks ago, I, he was scared when you saw him in the ring. He was scared. And every time anybody came towards him, he forgot everything and he kind of turned his back. Last night, all of a sudden, he's popping a really nice jab and he looks confident. Yeah. And it's just it because he's just turning up every week. He's turning yeah. up twice a week. And, yeah. But, you, you know, there might not seem to be that much comparison between an eight-year-old and a 26-year-old turning pro as you were roughly that age anyway. But but it does still apply because, as I say, the gloves are smaller and everything's different. And if you box regularly, me and Matt have seen it. We've seen someone look really tight and scared a bit, actually. And then a couple of fights later, it's like you're watching somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Do, you know, do you know what really highlights that more than anything, I think, is when you see... Or when you so back in so in a multi nations tournament like you know where you're boxing say four times in four days, the first fight you have, you know you weigh in uh, the day before or whatever you weigh in on the day and then you get the draw and you think oh, I'm boxing him and you're nervous you know everyone's nervous their first fight, by the time you get to the final you've got three wins under your belt you've got yeah, the fucking yeah. swagger about you <laughs> you're not even nervous you know Definitely. what I mean you just you're sure. buzzing at that point yeah. No, hundred percent. So we won't keep you too much longer because uh, you need to get off to the gym. Um, uh, well, it was bride like in the gym because when I went down to the gym to see to see Lawrence a few times and yeah, and uh, I think I came down to see I came down to see you. That was at the Peacock, so that was slightly different because you moved out of the cool box. I loved the cool box; it was so yeah. sweaty and smelly and Did under the you, arches. Yeah. And yeah, it was just <laughs> <Exactly>. tremendous, <laughs> tremendous place. He seems quite relaxed, Brian. I've always thought yeah. when, when I go down to the gym, but he can't be that relaxed. I mean. You no, just, he, you can't be a good trainer if you if you're too fucking zen. Do, do do you know what it is? This um, he knows how to just keep you because us boxers sometimes we can panic and like he's just got that you know that confidence and just that relaxation in him that makes you think, all right, yeah, everything's is gonna be all right. It's like and that's that that's the main thing about him, you know. Like he he knows it. I think our our characters just gel well together. Like um, my, my my amateur coach, he's very, ah, da, 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 da. and we just, he was in my corner as well, actually. And we just clash all the time. He says something, I'm like, nah, we just, but me and Brian, we just, it, it gels well together. And I think that's, it's very important to have a corner like that, like that you, you gel well with. You don't want to be bloody, you're, you're going for a fight and then you're fighting in your corner too. Because boxing is an ego-driven sport, you know. Like, you know, my your coach might say something, and you might want to prove him wrong. Now, nah, I'm, 
I'll do what I want to do and stuff like that. So yeah, like um, now Brian's cool and he's he's more than just like my coach. He's like a father figure to me as well. Like um, yeah, like he's he does a lot for me and he's he's more for the boxer. He's just about the boxer and it's hard to find people like that in the sport. He's just more more. It's more about the boxer. He don't care about him. It's about the boxer and. Um, yeah, can't thank him enough, man. I've been around him for years. I, I started training with him when he was training Sonny Edwards, Charlie Edwards, um, Lawrence, all of them. So, yeah, no, I, I, he's been about for a while, man. Daniel, obviously, you know, you're British champion now, you're boxing on television. I'm guessing you've done a deal with Boxer. <laughs> um, your next few fights, it looks like I'm definitely on television and you'll be earning nice money. Up until... But when you're starting out, come the small hall, hall route, it's hard, isn't it, the pro game? Because you've you got to earn a living, you've got to pay bills, you're not going to be getting loads of money, you've got to sell tickets. Like, was what I'm just I'm just trying to think like when you when you when you come out, because obviously Andy says you, you you've got a degree. Yeah. Did you do you still work now or are you full time? Yeah, um, well, when I first started, when I finished uni, because that was the promise my mum made me make, she said, if you're gonna turn pro, you have to get your degree. So I got my degree. Um, and and I've always, I've always, degree. Tell everyone what your degree is in. Accounting and finance. I've always been curious about that conversation, Dan. Yeah. I've always been curious about that conversation because, you know, I know you're, you're Nigerian and um, yeah. so is my wife. And so I know a little bit about Nigerian parenting styles, shall we exactly. say. And that conversation, <laughs> that conversation about you saying I want to turn pro as a boxer. Exactly. I, if I were you, I'd have said that over my shoulder as I was yeah. running in the opposite direction. <laughs> Exactly. You know the culture already, Andy. Yeah, so um, I'm first generation here. My parents, they came over from Nigeria. So they were very much, you know, their kids got to get an education. You know, they want to have a, want their kids to have a better life than they did. And just there for the betterment of their kids in it, especially through the education system. Like they're not really into like, especially boxing. Like, so I told my mum, look, mum, this is what I want to do. Like, Please, she said, all right, but please just get your education done that. Came out of uni and then I joined a finance company. And yeah, so I was going to work nine to five and I just didn't like the office life. I'll finish work, then go training. And a lot of the time I'll just be at work and I'll just be, couldn't wait until I got to the gym. So I sat that off and I started training full time. But I also set up a logistics company. So I was doing removals, um, stuff like that. Um, so I was doing that at the same time, but doing logistics and removes and all that stuff, it's the wear and tear on your body's crazy, man. So I'll be in a day lifting fridges, sofas, this, that. And I'll come to the gym in the evening. My body's already just depleted already. But all this, it's built me to the kind of person I am, I'm very resilient, like, because I, 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 you know, I'll be doing tough things during the day, then I'll still go and train and whatnot. Then after that, I think I, I couldn't do the removals anymore because I was climbing up the ranks and I just wanted to focus more on boxing. Then um, I started doing warehouse work. This was after the um, Charlie Duffel fight. And then someone spotted me, one of the managers was like, you like, I remember watching you like, on the sky, you're your champion. Like, what are you doing here? Like, I was like, yeah, like, I've got to earn a living, man. Boxing's not the glitz and grammar that you think it is. He said, oh, you know what? I'm going to sponsor you. And then from there, 
And he said, yeah, I don't want you working anymore. Started sponsoring me. So I'd get a wage from him. And he said, I just want you to focus on training. And that's all I did. I just trained every day. Um, had my sponsor. And then as time won the English and then had a few more sponsors that jumped on board. And then, yeah, we're here now. And um, yeah, that, that really did help me like just surpass other boxers because I was just able to just focus solely on boxing. So... Yeah. Does your mum does your mum go to fights? Do your parents come to your fights? No, she my mum can't go to fights. No way. She she doesn't she 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 just calls my brothers and says, Look, is he all right? That's all she don't even want to know if I won or lost. She just wants to know if he's all right. Because my mum's from like the Watson era and that. Like she used to follow all the Ben and Eubank and that. And she always still remembers what happened to Watson. So that's always in the back of her mind. Um obviously Muhammad Ali and stuff like that. So um, yeah, my dad, my dad loves it. He can't watch it either, but he'll watch it afterwards. Like after I've had the fight, he'll watch it. He was a bit worried about Jose because he thought, yeah, Fury really rates Fury. So that whole traveler community, he, every day he's calling me, oh, you got to do this, you got to make sure you're doing that. I'm like, dad, don't worry, I, 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 I'm doing what I need to do, man. So yeah. Well, did, did your parents go to your fights, Matt? Never asked yeah, 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 yeah. My mum, my mum wouldn't watch any of them. She'd be in the bar, but my dad, my dad'd be there, being nervous. <laughs> <to break. laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a real interesting one. It's there's there's a there's a good. We we could do something on that one week. Actually, I remember I had an idea a while ago that we could we could talk to a, a wife or a mum or a sister or, or or a combination thereof about yeah. what it's like. Yeah, we were thinking about clean, weren't we? Yeah, I've totally yeah. forgotten about that. I think. Yeah. There's definitely something to be done there. Um, So I know you need to get off to the gym, but um, we'll just finish with a quick chat about the current scene. And I know, of course, we mentioned a lot of the names already. Lyndon Arthur, Anthony Yard fights on Saturday. There's there's Joshua Boazzi, of course, Craig Richards, Callum Smith now, John Ryder, I think, is up at light heavyweight. Um, Callum Johnson, Rocky Fielding, possibly. Actually, I like this game. Um, Yard... Ten, couldn't you? You could probably name ten domestic, the top ten in Britain. Yes, it's definitely. great. It's great. It's great. But, but first of all, let's. Um, and this is particularly good for me because I'm going to abstain from this because I'm commentating on this fight. And by the time this goes out, it will have happened. Uh, yeah. Lyndon Arthur against Anthony Yard the second time around. That's this Saturday down at the Copper yeah. Box, just just down the road from from me. What do you think is going to happen there? Me or you first, Dan. You first. Okay. Um, I think Yard is obviously gonna is gonna come try and press the action, continue from the twelfth round from the last fight. But I think that plays into Lyndon's hand because if you know what your opponent's gonna do, you can work accordingly. But then I won't be surprised if Yard comes and outboxes Lyndon. It's like when I fought Jose, all everyone was saying is. Dan, you know, you got to stick it on him. you got to rough him up. you got to get on the inside. But when I was in the fight, I could box him at a decent range as well. And even when I did get on the inside and try to rough him up, the ref was having a go at me from the from the offset. So if that was my only plan, I would have been screwed. So I won't be surprised if Yard comes in and maybe he tries to outbox him and whatnot. And I won't be surprised if Lyndon goes in there and thinks, you know what, let's just have it and... They go for it. So, but I'm leading, I'm leaning towards yard. I'm leaning towards yard. I just don't believe Lyndon's that physical. I don't think he's that physical. It might prove me wrong, but from what I've, the, the fights I've seen, he's not that physical. 
Um, he's got a good jab, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. Yeah, me yeah, too. Like, a, a few oh, people sorry, I've Andy. spoken to have said the same thing. They they think that they seem to quite fancy Yard, not by a long way. What what about you, Matt? I don't know. I think it. I, I can see why everyone thinks that because it, it was almost like he threw the fight away a little bit by starting so slow. Uh, you know, yeah. and he came on really strong, didn't they? So everyone's thinking, ah, oh, he should have just done that earlier. But you know, maybe he couldn't do that earlier because of the jab of Arthur. You know, exactly. I, I don't know. I think I, I think we're going to see a better yard. I think he's going to be so up for it. We're going to see the best yard. But I also think that Lyndon Arthur. He's better than he was now. He's had that confidence. You know, I I, 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 I honestly don't know. I, I am. I can't pick a winner. I don't know what way it's going to go. Yeah, it's a good fight. It, that, that, that's always a, a great sign that it's that it's a good fight. Really looking forward to that. And I mean, when you look at all those names we've mentioned, Dan, difficult <clears throat> question, but who do you think at the moment is probably the best? Um... Let's, out, let's, or... let, let's take Callum Smith out, actually, because... Actually, no, let's I'll, not. I'll, because I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I think is the best. I think Bawatsi is the best. You know, he's the, he's the, he's the least proven into, in, in, well, in, in a certain level. You know, obviously, Callum Johnson's fought for the world title. Yard's fought for the world title uh, against Kovalev, um, you know, etc. But I just like the look of Bawatsi. Obviously, listen, Dan Aziz is coming there. He's, 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 he's crashed into that group of fighters now, but... He's, you know, he's got to grow into it. But I think at the minute you've got to put Boatsi in number one. I think he's got, you know, the, he's got the Olympic pedigree, and as a professional, he's had a couple of good checks. He had a couple of times where it wasn't that one where remember the eye uh, and yeah. Challenge. Like the copper box, yeah, Who Marco Ch- Challenge. Yeah. Yes, you know that. You know what I mean? That was you could see that was, we talk about complacency. Maybe going into that fight, he was a little bit complacent and got caught. You know, and nearly come a cropper, but. When the when the chips were down, he was able to dig in and find another level, and that's the sign of a a really good fighter. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's out of um, Smith and Buatzi, one of them two. Like 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 I always say, Buatzi's like a very good friend of mine. Been training with him since the amateurs. Done over a thousand rounds with him, and I know what he's about. So, so um, yeah, Callum Smith, you're right. He's Callum Smith's up there too. But I don't think Callum is a super middle. Yeah, yeah it's, out, it's out of them too. And even when I was an amateur, I used to watch Callum Smith and I used to think, yeah, he's a really good fighter. I liked him from then. I don't know how he didn't make the Olympics, but um, yeah, I just like their boxing style. Like, I, I don't box like them, they're very textbook, very smooth. And I'll look at them and think, oh man, I wish I could box like that. Like, they're, they're very good fighters, but. For me, in that division, I think it's out of them two. And then probably Callum Johnson falls just underneath that. So just, just to finish, and this this really is the last one, uh, yeah. Callum, Callum Johnson, Joe Smith, That that's, uh, I don't know if that's been 100% confirmed yet, but we do expect it to happen on January the 15th. That looks to me like a really, really good fight. You, you oh, could argue yeah. that those two are cut from similar cloth in terms of their their attitude and their and their styles. It would be very surprising if that wasn't a really good fight. Um, do you fancy Callum Johnson against Joe Smith? Um, I, I think, um, I think uh, Joe Smith will stop him late maybe, but up until then, I think it'll be a 50, 50 back and forth. Very good fight. But I think Joe Smith's a bit more resilient. Um, I got a couple of, people that I know out in the States and yeah, they rave on about Smith saying he's very, very tough. He's a tough guy and 
he's from a <laughs> real strong cloth. Like he's he is. He's so I, I think it'll be a very good fight, man. I can't wait to 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 see it. I would love for Callum to bring a world title back to the UK. I would love it. I, that would be just so sick. But I lean. To, I'm going to lean towards Smith. Matt. Yeah, I think it's a tough one, um, but 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 a winnable one. I do think it's winnable. Um, I think if Callum Johnson wins, it'll be inside the distance. You know, I think because he starts fast, doesn't he, Johnson? So I think his best his best chance is to jump on Smith and uh, and really stick it on him. I think the the longer it goes, maybe he starts you know, start moving into uh, Smith um, territory then. Joe Smith territory. Yeah, it it's a good fight. It's a really good fight. Um, I, 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 good to see it. Good to see it happening. It, it, it's a great scene, the 175 pound uh, division in, in British boxing. And fingers crossed that some of those fights do get do get made. We, there are obstacles, there always are, with, with different promoters and different networks and, and all that kind of thing. But uh, we are seeing one this weekend. Okay, they're both with Frank Warren, Lyndon Arthur and, and Anthony Yard, but we're seeing it for the second time. And it's the kind of fight that you wouldn't necessarily see at all but I think hopefully the popularity of those kinds of fights people are <clears throat> people were were all over your fight against Isaiah Burton because it was a good fight and and it's the same for these two fights between Yard and Arthur there's a real buzz around them because they're provoking genuine real interest and and hopefully yeah. that is the fuel for um for people getting their heads together and making more of them okay so you do have to go to the gym um so we'll let you go uh Thank you. thanks very much for coming on it's been great fun uh we'll definitely do this again hopefully in person um yeah. next time oh, so thanks for listening everybody we will be bringing you a couple more i reckon before we break uh for for christmas i think we probably need to do a bit of an an end of the year um, review because so much has happened this year, you know, inside the ring, but outside the ring, particularly with promoters and TV and all sorts of things. A lot has gone on. I've got an idea of who I think might be, might be the man for, for that. Someone who, who we were scheduled to get on a little while ago, actually, but it, it didn't work out in the end. So anyway, anyway, uh, as I say, probably a couple more uh, to take us up towards the end of the year. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Take it easy, and we'll see you again soon. On the right, Not that Maggie back in town. I said, Jenny Diver, whoa, Sookie Tawdry, look out to Miss Lottie Linger and old Lucy Brown. Yes, that line boy. On the right, babe Not that Maggie's Back in town Look out, old Maggie's back Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.